Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Patrick the Grizz Grizzle, and today I have a special show for you. Um, coming up, I have John Franchi, who is a UC alum and graduated in the year 2019. And he is also my former mentor for WPNR 90.7, as well as my current supervisor at the Utica Blue Sox Academy. Today, I will be getting to know Frenchie on a personal level uh, throughout his baseball experience, as well as his time as being a 13U coach. How you doing today, Frenchie? I'm doing very well, Pat. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be on the show, and uh, we'll get right into it. All right. So... Uh, you know, just some quick background questions. Um, you know, some like what inspired you to take on baseball? Um, you know, what were some influences in you gaining this interest in baseball? Um, my interest in baseball, uh, I want to say, started back when I was a kid. Uh, my father um, really inspired me to not only play the game, but watch the game, study the game. Um, and over time, obviously, um, it has eventually led me to where I am today. Uh, so I would, I would say, you know, my father's the reason why I not only started playing baseball, but have enjoyed it and will continue enjoying it again up until this point. Okay. And do you feel like since your father was, you know, a figure in your life helping you gain interest, do you feel like... That's why you want to take on the role of helping younger players and other children gain an interest in baseball and develop. Absolutely, I've I've I was coached by my father from I want to say t-ball all the way up until uh, travel ball. Uh, even through travel ball, uh, he coached me. I want to say for a good ten to twelve years of my life, um, he was to this day he's still my biggest role model, um, but. He, watching him uh, teach the kids and, and, and watching how, how he dedicated his time um, in trying to make these kids better um, is ultimately why I took on this role uh, because a lot of the uh, verbiage that I use is, is correlated with the verbiage that my father used when, when I was a kid, um, how to break down uh, certain mechanics, how to break down certain plays um, and I use a lot of the tactics that he used with my team today. Okay, so you're pretty much, um, if we could solely say father-like son. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And um, are there any specific qualities that you can say you gained from being under your father's guidance and instruction? Qualities. Uh, leadership. Um, and I, I think well, leadership being the number one. Uh, and the second one being hustle. And hustle not in the term of playing baseball, but hustle for anything that you want to do in life. There's a lot of baseball verbiage that correlates with the outside world um, where I look at baseball not only as a teaching moment to some of these kids, but ultimately becoming life lessons to these kids and correlating certain mechanics and certain thought processes while playing the game of baseball, correlating them with the outside world, um, ultimately making you not a better baseball player, but a better person. Okay, well spoken. So do you feel like, is this something that kids can learn strictly through baseball, or do you feel like this is all sports in general? 
As far as the academy? Um, as far as, you know, learning life goals and life skills through sports that would eventually help them in the long run. Um, with the game of baseball, so so you're saying the game of baseball transitioning to the outside yes. world? Um, the way I coach is 100% that. The way I preach to the kids and the way I teach the kids um, will ultimately transition when they get older into outside world um, real life problems. Okay. Okay. And <clears throat> so if your main goal is essentially, you know, to help them develop and be better baseball players, make that transition, you know, from baseball qualities into real life qualities, what are some specific characteristics that you look for in a good player? Uh, there's ideally two things that you can't teach in the game of baseball, let alone the game of life. And that's hustle and determination. Again, hustle, correlating with baseball, not just on and off the field, but in life, and determination, not just on the field, but in life. If you hustle in life, transitioning to it, to in life, you can always walk with your head held high. If you give 110%, you can always walk with your head held high. Whether you win or lose, you know that you gave it your best shot. And determination, you can't teach heart. You either have it or you don't. And why I preach hustle and determination is because there are a lot of players today that you'll see who go through the motions, who think that they're better than. And I was 13 once too. And every 13-year-old every 14-year-old, every kid for that, it doesn't matter what age you are, every kid wants to be the best. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the difference between those who think that they're... The difference between those who think that they are the best and the ones who perform the best, the biggest difference between the two is the heart and the dedication. The kids who rely on their laurels or they rest on their laurels will only advance so far and they're going to plateau at a certain point because as you get older, the speed of the game picks up and their level of play may work for them as a kid, but their hustle and their, their determination without it, that will only get them so far. The ones who constantly hustle and constantly give 100%, 110% are the ones who will not only be successful, but be successful, I'm sorry, the ones who will not only be successful in baseball, but be successful in life as well. So, do you feel like it's something that, so like you said, players, there's a difference between players that want to be the best and those that perform the best. Sure. Do you feel like it's more than just, um, you know, skills of the game that help them build this attitude? So, for instance, um, say if I say, you know, I'm the best ball player and, you know, I'm supposedly hitting, you know, home runs each game and I'm talking about all my great stats, but I'm not performing my best like the other player is this something that i personally can do to where if i'm saying i'm the best i'm actually performing the best and you know sticking to my grind and my hustle mm -hmm. or is it just something like i don't have and i'm living my life in a facade um the biggest thing with those two examples are the ones who are performing the best ideally are performing the best because of the amount of work and time that they put in. The biggest difference between, I shouldn't say the biggest difference between, the athletes 
who perform the best generally perform the same way they do on the field when they're being watched versus off the field when they're being watched. And the real practice is shown when nobody's watching you. Because that's where the dedication and the commitment comes in. The after hours. If the, if the players are willing to put the time in, they're going to get the results. If the players are only looking to show up for the hour and a half of practice and get the work in, sure, they're going to get better. Not as quickly as the ones who are putting the same amount of time in off the field as well. So, uh, in your honest opinion, um, do you consider, like, because I'm assuming you love what you do with the Blue Sox and your 13U team, do you see yourself staying there, not in a stagnant position, but do you feel like if you were offered another opportunity at another organization or for another team, would you jump on it, or are you strictly comfortable with your team and you're willing to build? I'm I'm very comfortable with my team, and 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 I want to I want to build and grow this team and develop this team into the the um, ability and, and, and the capability that I know that these players can can uh, produce. Um, I have a 13 man roster right now, um, and and come game one of our season, it's really going to make it difficult for me. Because in the game of baseball, you can only have nine guys in the lineup, and you only have nine guys in the field. So me as a coach, I have to play my best nine. And from when we first started up until today, these kids have made it extremely difficult for me because they are constantly giving me 110%. They are willing to run through a brick wall for me. And that's the type of team that I want to have. That's the kind of group of of kids that I want to have, kids that will go to war for one another, kids that will back each other up no matter what. And because these kids are constantly giving me 110% at every practice and they're showing me with private lessons each week, coming back the following week, showing me and demonstrating to me that they are practicing what they're being instructed, ultimately makes my job harder because, again, with a 13-man team, I can only play nine. So as far as... Staying here and building this team, that's my goal. That's what I want to do. Um, however, if a major league organization contacts me and says, hey, you know, we want you for this or we want you for that. Well, at that point, I would have to sit down and, and we would have, you know, I would have to figure out, you know, what we want to do. Because everybody's goal in this sort of field is to make it to the top. And the major league baseball organization is considered the top. So by no means do I want to say, no, I'm going to absolutely dismiss that thought. Um, and being a previous employee with an MILB team such as the Syracuse Mets really put things into perspective for me, especially with this pandemic, on how quickly it is to lose a spot. At one moment, I'm riding high, I'm doing great, I'm loving everything, and the next moment, it's all taken away from me. So missed opportunities in life are are evident they're going to happen it's what you do with the opportunity i believe that would ultimately make you who you are as a person okay and i i noticed you uh, you mentioned you worked with the syracuse mets um you know i know we personally had conversations about it but what are some of your credentials that make you so qualified to hold a position of you know personal trainer and a 13 u head coach 
So it's, it's funny you ask me that. Um, when I was with the Syracuse Mets, I was a group sales and operations coordinator. Uh, I was um, in charge of, of group events, of uh, group outings, selling season tickets, uh, half-season tickets, flex, pla- uh, flex passes, um, sponsorship deals. In my time with the Mets, as limited as it was, um, I was able to sell close to $27,000 uh, worth of revenue that included tickets and sponsorships. Um, and I was very personable. And the general manager, Jason Smorrell, picked up on that right away. And because I was very personable and because of my background in baseball, prior to the pandemic occurring, I was offered a position on weekends to help assist group camps with kids. Um, it was something I was really looking forward to because I had experience at Utica College with my old head coach, um, Coach Joe Malazzo, um, and he has given me opportunities to coach summer camps, to train with kids one-on-one. And ever since having those opportunities and having those transition to a major league level, even though it's considered minor league baseball, it's still a professional level, having those, those qualities and those aspects that I had at, at Utica College when I was with the kids over the summer, transitioning that and having an opportunity to do that with the Syracuse Mets essentially proved to myself that, yes, I can sell and, and I, I do enjoy you know, selling and, and, and meeting new people and networking, but at the same time, I've, I've found it in myself that I love teaching this game of baseball. Again, 20 plus years playing, having experience, watching the game, um, studying the game um, to, to today. Um, I'm, I'm, again, very happy with the position that I have and very excited to see what these kids are going to do this season. Okay, and with many opportunities um, as you had, and you know, as long as you've been playing baseball along with your experience, um, I'm assuming there has to be some work ethic that came with it. Um, how would you describe your work ethic? Do you feel like you know you put in those extra hours? You know, you turn into essential quote unquote gym rat. Like, is that the same way with baseball? Where you feel you're in and out, day in day out, twenty four seven. Like that's your life. In today's day, right now, this moment, I can honestly say yes. Looking back, um, everybody has regrets. And I would say one of my biggest regrets would be not putting in the amount of time that I should have. Um, I look back on some of my playing days at Camden County College. Um, I look back at some of my playing days playing at Utica College. And I think to myself at times... Could I have done better? And as a, as a role player with the Camden County College, which ideally transitioned into Utica College becoming a role player, I knew my role was to get the job done. Whatever that job may be, whether it's the bottom of the seventh, whether it's the bottom of the ninth, whether we need a pinch hitter, um, I can honestly say we never needed a pinch runner uh, from me. I was never the fastest. Um, so when it came to uh, being a pinch runner, I, I'm sorry, when it came to being a pitch hitter, I knew my job was to get the job done. Whatever that job may have been, whether it's sacrifice bunt, whether it's get the runner over, whether it's a hit and run. The way I approached that was 
this is my sole opportunity. This is my one and only opportunity. Coaches preach opportunity. You want to impress me? Prove yourself. You know, come up big when you're given the opportunity. And I have. Uh, sophomore year at Camden County College, um, I didn't get that opportunity until playoffs. Um, I apologize. Freshman year, Camden County College, my first year playing college baseball. Um, I didn't get that opportunity until the first game of qualifying for the playoffs. Bottom of the ninth, runner on second, down by one, two outs. Uh, I drew a 3-2 count, and on the seventh pitch, a kid laid a fastball down the middle. I put one over the wall, three feet foul. Um, the, uh, that, that same at-bat, I ended up um, I ended up fouling off, I believe, the next pitch or two. I believe it was a nine or ten pitch at-bat. I worked the pitcher. Ultimately, he ended up making me ground out to short, and the, the game ended. Now, we had we played that team twice. It was a doubleheader. We had to win one of those two games. The second game, we played him game two. I got my opportunity to start. That game, I went three for four with three RBIs. All I needed was that opportunity. That opportunity made me a starter slash continuing my role player duties the following year. That moment in my life, because there were times where I I doubted myself. I'm not a starter. I was a starter all my life. All of a sudden now I get to college and and, and I'm not a starter. What do I do? How do I perform? What do you know? How do I play? Um, that moment in my life really, I proved to myself that I can do it. And, and I've doubted myself for a long time because I went from being a starter to a bench guy. I was never used to riding the bench a whole season. So I proved to myself that I can do it. And then I came to Utica college again, started off in that role position. But every time I was given an opportunity, I think, I think I had, I have to check my stats, but I think I ended up batting 400 my, my junior year of college at Utica College. Granted, I didn't get as many at-bats as everybody else did, but I made the best out of every opportunity that was given to me. Um, so going back to your question, again, everybody kind of has their regrets, but I can honestly say today, I put forth 110% in everything that I do, whether I'm coaching, whether I'm giving an instructional one-on-one lesson, whether I'm dealing with a sponsor, whatever the case may be, I believe in myself now more than ever. And again, going back on one of the biggest things I regret was not having the self-confidence that I do today. Okay, and I was going to say, you know, I knew you personally um, at UC. Uh, Like I said, I mentored you, or I was a mentor to you um, freshman year when I was shadowing you at WPNR. Um, And you were a well-known name Throughout the baseball um, community, like everyone knew who John Frenchy was, whether you were on air or as the baseball player. So I was gonna say, um, like, do you feel besides regret? Do you feel as if you can go back in time and actually, you know, develop those skills that you said you shied away from? Do you feel like you would take that opportunity and essentially be a better player or a better person than you are now? Um. Honestly, no. Um, everything happens for a reason. Everything, every, everything happens for a reason. Um, and I personally believe the way that I performed, the way that I trained, the way I went about my baseball career 
is ultimately why I am the person I am today. So if I could go back and change certain things, sure, I might have been a better ball player. Sure, I may have could have gotten looked at. Sure, something may have could have happened. But I might not be in this position right now. I wouldn't go back and change anything. But I'm glad I'm able to learn from it. Because in life, you don't grow without making mistakes. If everybody was perfect, life would be boring. Everybody would be on an even playing field. And you would essentially plateau at a certain point. There would be no room to grow. There would be no room to increase. And again, looking back at my failures is ultimately why, for a lack of better, for a lack of a better term, why I am in the position I am today. Because I was able to learn and grow from my mistakes and ultimately make myself a better person because of it. And I mean, you know what they say, experience is the best teacher. So, I mean, regardless of everything, like, your experiences helped you to develop not only, like you said, into the player or person that you want to be, but now it's developed you to where you can give back and you can actually affect others' lives at the same time. So, one of my next questions is going to be, you know, um, what do you bring to the Blue Sox organization that others may not um, whether it be, you know, your work ethic, um, you might train or coach your players a little differently. Um, even if you, you know, say more jokes than the average coworker at the organization, like what does John Franchi bring that makes the Blue Sox organization, um, you know, such a well organization that it is? Um, I would like to think that I have certain qualities that, many others may not have and I'm not one to toot my own horn but of course, of course. but you, you gotta you gotta give yourself credit when credit sure, is due sure I, I, I believe the biggest trait that I have going for me that's not only gotten me to this point but has made me as successful as it has thus far is my personality um, in a field like this you have to be very personable especially with myself being the head coach of the 13U team, I have a group of 13-year-olds. 13, 13 mm-hmm. And the way I coach them is very similar to the way my father coached our teams. And I also correlate a lot of drills and, and, and uh, techniques, if you will, from what my head coach Joe Malazzo has taught me in the past. So I have to find a happy medium to not only keep the kids interested but want the kids to grow and want the kids to become better. I obviously can't teach them at a 18 to 20 year old, 18 to 22 year old college level play. I can't have that mindset with them because again, they're, they're, they're kids. So I think back to when I was 13 and how my dad uh, and my, and my assistant coaches coached our teams and, and certain drills that we did, certain games that we played. Um, but overall, how to be personal, how to talk to a kid, how to, you know, how to differentiate the difference between talking to a parent and talking to one of my players, um, how to keep them focused, how to keep them interested. Kids have a tendency in this day to have their minds wander. And with the, advance, with the advancement of technology, with video games and with, with oculus and, and with everything else, you know, you're lucky if you can keep a kid focused for a half hour. Because and it's it's not their fault. They're kids. They're, yeah. Let them be kids. They're supposed to be kids. Let them have fun. 
But my practice, a good example, my practices are an hour and a half every other week. And the weeks that we're not practicing an hour and a half, we're practicing for three hours. I have to keep these kids involved for three hours without letting their minds run. Without let... So in a way, you have to become very personable with them. You have to have a personality that shines brighter than your average, you know, your average person, let alone your average coach. You have to know... For, for a good example, disciplining, right? I told all my players, now obviously only being able to play nine and having 13, you, you kids are going to have to sit the bench. That's part of the game. And coming from somebody who has played collegiate, oh, I'm sorry, has played legion ball level, travel ball level, college ball level, everybody has to know their role, right? So disciplining, I told my players straight up, Everybody's going to sit, whether you're my starter, whether you're my captain, everybody's going to sit. If you sit more than two games, there's a reason for it. It's all about your work ethic. You work it's all, about, it's all about work ethic. Correct. It's all about work ethic. But again, I have to have the right personality to explain that to them. Mm-hmm. Because if I come across with that threat type or with that, with that, with that condescending tone, mm-hmm. it's going to turn my players... You know, it's gonna, it's gonna. I don't want my players to fear me. You know, I want my players to respect me. And having the proper balance and personality will ultimately dictate whether or not your players respect you or your players fear you. And essentially, that's also building on you guys' relationships, whether it be for this season, upcoming seasons. You know, your guys' partnerships throughout the organization. Sure. Itself. Sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um. So how would you describe your emotions while coaching? Um, you said you know it's all about your personality. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your emotions? Because I know you love the game of baseball. You've mm-hmm. been playing it almost all your life. Like, do you still get those butterflies even when you're stepping into practice batting cages? That's an understatement. That's an understatement. Um, we recently just got a um, MLB uh, approved um, uh, pitching machine at our facility. Um, which does anything from from fastballs to breaking balls, speeds from 50 to 100 miles an hour, does ground balls, does pop flies. Um, The first day we got it, I I couldn't have been any more excited to just get in the box and start swinging again. Um, it's great when, when, when I, I show up early and, and the place is still closed and I'm able to take a couple swings off the tee or I'm able to get, um, I'm able to get some, some extra hitting in or, or, or I'll throw the ball against the mat. Um, but when, when, when we got that pitching machine, you know, there are times we'll be a practice. I'm feeding the balls to the kids and, and I want to say so bad, you know, time out, you go feed the balls. Let me take some swings out. Um, it's, it's, it's a feeling that'll never leave me. Um, it's and and rightfully so, and that's for anybody who's played not only the sport of baseball but any sport in general. You know, when I hung my cleats up, so to say, with uh, with some air quotations there, mm-hmm. when I finished base, playing baseball after college, I I I knew it was the end of my my playing career, but I knew it was the beginning of my journey in life, and I knew baseball is what I wanted to do, whether it's coach, whether it's whether it's work for, whether it's sell for, whether it's, you know, be a publicist for, whatever the case may be, a journalist for, a broadcaster, I wanted to be affiliated with something in baseball. And, and I'm very fortunate that the Utica Blue Sox have given me the opportunity um, to continue doing what I love. Great. And do you feel like um, you're going to push your players and even if they're not your play like even your clients 
to, you know, pursue their dreams and their um, passion with baseball, even if, you know, it doesn't necessarily pertain to you and your experience? Do you feel like you giving back to them satisfies you enough? It's, it's a euphoric feeling. It's, it's, there's nothing better when a parent comes over with a smile on their face, shakes your hand and says, thank you for working with my son. Um, it gives me a great feeling. And I never understood that feeling at first. And I remember head coach Doug Dillette uh, telling me day one when I had, when he gave me my first client and he says to me, you know, you, this is going to grow. You're going to, you're going to, you know, take on more clients and you're going to take on more responsibilities, but there's not going to be anything better than having a parent come up to you with a smile on their face and saying, thank you for working with my son. Um, and I didn't understand that because it, it's never happened to me. And it finally happened to me, I want to say maybe a week or two later, um, I see big smiles in the middle of a lesson. Seeing a kid, uh, for example, get his front foot down, be quick to his back foot, having that front leg locked, um, keeping his hands inside the baseball. Seeing the smiles on the kid's face and then looking over my shoulder and seeing the smile on the parent's face really gives me a good feeling because they're getting what they pay for. They're getting their money's worth. Um, there's a lot of programs out there today that will charge you X amount and give you X amount of time in a cage. And unfortunately, the, the, the instructors are not 100% committed to their athlete because they know at the end of the half hour, at the end of the hour, they're still going to get their money regardless. I was say, so it's, it's for you, it's way more than just a paycheck, but rather you're loving the, the game and the experience. This, 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 job is, this job is much more than just a paycheck. You can't do this job. Nobody can do this job if you're just looking for money. You have to do this job because you have to love what you do. And waking up every morning with a smile on my face, knowing that I'm going to teach baseball all day long, every day, is not a better feeling. There's not. Respectfully. Respectfully. So when we're talking about, um, you know, it's not just a paycheck. It's about the love of the game and, you know, your attitude you have to go in with when you're taking on a role as a head coach, trainer. Um, do you feel like attitude plays a larger role in just the organization, but even in winning, um, productivity, and even overall um, function of an organization? Attitude plays a huge role. Um, you know, if, if, if I, I, I preach to my kids, um, if you come up to the plate and you have that negative mentality, oh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm not going to be successful. Oh, I'm not going to hit the ball. The chances of you hitting the baseball or the chances of you swinging the bat before the at-bat even occurs have already declined, drastically have already declined with that negative mindset, which correlates back to having, or which correlates back to attitude. You go into the box having a positive attitude. I'm going to hit this pitcher. I'm going to do it. I know I can do it. Before you're at bat, you just drastically increased your chances. Attitude is a huge proponent in, in not only baseball, but in life. In life, disregard from baseball, you go into a job interview and you have a negative mindset, and you have a negative attitude, you're probably not going to get the job. Not even a candidate. You, you're, in, fact, in fact, you'll be lucky enough if you finish the interview. The interviewee might just say, I'm sorry, the interviewer might just say, thank you for your time. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I'm set. But if you go in with that positive attitude, with that hungry attitude, with that, with that, I know I'm going to do it. You increase your chances drastically 
and we go back to your first original question, or I'm sorry, your, your second question, even if you don't do it, you gave 110%, you could walk out of there with your head held high. Well spoken, well spoken. Because I feel like a lot of kids, you know, even myself today, you know, I was young once. So it's like even growing up, it was always that we're getting this out of our heads. We feel like we can't do it unless we have someone that kind of backing us on what we want to do, essentially. So I feel like that's definitely something that kids today and in the future are going to have to learn, like your attitude and how you go about things is the most significant in whether you want to pursue something or even be a part of something. So one of my kind of closing questions is going to be, what is your expectations or your plans for the upcoming season, um, you know, in pertaining to COVID and pertaining to what do you guys want to do? You know, do you want to win a championship? Do you mm-hmm. want to just make sure your players are developed to their best abilities? Mm-hmm. Like, what are your plans? The biggest thing, or I should say the biggest trait with travel baseball is everybody's concerned about wins and losses. Ideally, everybody wants to win a championship. I want to win a championship. I want to... I want to I want to win every game. But at the same time, think of it like this, Pat. If we won every game this year, right? Did any of my players get better? They may have throughout practice. And they may have by putting in their own time after hours. But in life, you have to learn to win as a team and you have to learn to lose as a team. And losing is the part... Losing is a part of baseball, just like losing is a part of life. It's what you do from that loss. It's how you take that loss. It's what can we do different from that loss that will ultimately make us not only a better baseball player, but a better person. Okay? And my biggest... My biggest... um, uh, The biggest thought process, I guess, for lack of a better term, that... I have for this season is it's my first year being a head coach of a 13U travel team. Um, and with that being said, again, wins and losses, it's going to happen. My biggest concern is making sure that these kids, these 13 kids that I have, are better baseball players at the end of the year than at the beginning of the year. My biggest concern is these baseball players are better athletes from, t- from, from today giving lessons today, to seeing them the following week, seeing the growth, seeing the, the knowledge, the understanding of, okay, for example, I'm not getting to my back foot. I'm not utilizing my lower half. I worked on this this practice. Next practice, I'm going to come back and I'm going to show my instructor that this whole week I've been working on getting to my back toe and utilizing my lower half. That brings a smile to my face because I know that these kids are putting in the time and, and are putting in the work. They're not you know? there just going through the motions. They're Correct. actually engaging. Correct. Okay. And again, you can't learn in life without losing. And I'm going to be honest with you. All 13 guys can all be starters. They can be. But again, their level of play is excelled for 13-year-olds. There's going to come a point if they don't continue putting in the time and the effort... Again, they're going to plateau at a certain age and they're going to realize that other baseball players are putting in the time and the effort and they're going to get to a certain point in their career where they're like, wait a minute, now everybody's better than me. And then they're going to start to realize the amount of work that these kids are putting in. 
having practice from 6.30 to 8, hour and a half at Blue Sox Academy, I have certain guys showing up at 5 o'clock, certain guys showing up at 5.30. Yeah, you know? And those players are the ones that are, that are proving to me that, that they not only want to be there, but they want to get they want to excel. Mm-hmm. I see kids coming in 30 45 minutes early before practice taking swings off the tee, getting pitches off the machine. Proves to me that these kids not only want to be here, but these kids are determined. These kids want to win. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the is the the biggest um, excitement, the biggest joy to me is seeing that these kids want to put forth the effort, want to put forth the the uh, the effort and ha- having the determination to not only, again, want to be there, but want to play the game. And as I can tell you, uh, as a communications assistant um, slash intern, I've seen pretty much about every team practice, every training session that goes on. And I honestly can say your 13U team definitely has not only, um, I would say, determined players, because I've seen some of your clients, when they come in and check in with me at the desk, you know, they're supposed to be there at 6 o'clock. And they are there essentially 30, 45 minutes early. And I can see those same players are the ones that, you know, they make sure they put that extra oomph into every hit, you know, every um, fundamental aspect of baseball. And it's like what are those qualities that those kids bring, um, when it's time for them to move on from the 13U team, like are you going to look for those same qualities in your next group of guys? Absolutely. 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 It's, it's, it's a very important quality. And it's a very important trait to have. And when you have the whole team bought in and on board and willing to go to battle for one another and willing to fight for one another, you know you have yourself a successful team, regardless if you win or lose. You have yourself a successful team. And essentially, as you're getting um, these players better, at the same time, they're also helping you get better as a coach Absolutely. and as an individual as well. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, Frenchie... Um, we're slowly closing out. Are there any last-minute words, any last-minute questions you may have for me? Not at all, Pat. I, I thank you very much for the uh, for you taking time out to uh, to talk with me. And I think uh, I think this was great. And um, again, I'm I'm really looking forward to the season this year. I think I think we're going to be very successful, and I think these kids are really going to uh, prove it this summer. All right. Well, uh, you guys stay in tune. Uh, I believe your season starts June 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. So make sure you guys keep looking out on the UticaBlueSox.net website for scheduling as well as ticket pricing. Franchi, appreciate you for meeting me, man. And that's all. This is The Grizz heading out, and I'll see you guys next time.